Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts, not interviewing the experts. I just did that, like I'm starting the episode over because it was the so I, and I made that same mistake last time. It's not interviewing the experts, this is a regular Principles of Success episode. And today we are talking about crypto, NFTs, and kind of recapping, because this is the second half of this season. Like, we're changing things up pretty drastically from here. The first half was all really basic, get your finances in order, stupid. It's don't spend all of your money, learn a skill, so that way you can get a job or start a business and generate cash, because finance is really simple. You figure out how to earn some money, you don't blow it all, you don't let the government and corporations steal it all, and then you spend that money to accrue more money. And that last step is what the second half of this podcast is about, is now that you haven't blown every single paycheck that you've earned for your entirety of your life and actually have some money, what the heck do you do with it? And the rest of the season is going to be answering that question. And if you guys made it to this episode, uh, especially after the last four Principles episodes, well then, congratulations. None of those episodes have gone live yet. This one is, I'm recording this way in advance, but I'm real nervous about those episodes. So let's see if I lose a couple thousand listeners. But they play an important role, just like every subject that I talk about on this podcast has an important role. If you want to be successful, you gotta know all the information. And speaking of knowing all of the information, you also have to know when to admit you don't have enough information. And that kind of goes straight into NFTs. I know more about NFTs than most people, considering most people don't even know what the heck an NFT is. But I also know full well that I do not know anywhere enough about to have an opinion on it and counsel you guys on how to be successful with NFTs. So what is a NFT? An NFT is a non-fungible token. Well, cool, Nathan. Now that I know what the initials mean, what the heck is a non-fundable token? Well, just like cryptos are a digital coin, a NFT is essentially a unique digital coin. So there's Bitcoin and there's several, I want to say billion Bitcoins in circulation. Each Bitcoin is exactly the same as every other Bitcoin, and they're worth the same. NFT is more like art, and that's what it's been used mostly for so far. Somebody creates a art project, and they create a digital art product, and that is a NFT. The painting is unique, and people put values on the paintings because they are unique, and that's the same thing as the NFTs. So essentially, NFTs are stuff. They're digital stuff. In video games, NFTs have actually been around for a, a good while. You buy that unique skin. You um, get that special perk that you have to purchase. Those are all examples of a form of NFT. NFTs just are digital thingamajiggers that people will use digitally to flex. So just like when you look up someone's Instagram, uh, speaking of which, if you ever want to 
get in contact with me, contact me on Instagram. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Or email me at nathandickison at gmail.com. But just like for right now, you look at Instagram and see how many followers they have. And that's a subtle flex. Eventually, there will be a flex on all the cool digital thingamajiggers that people have. Because people are weird. And they like to show off for people that they don't even know. So that's essentially my understanding of what an NFT is. Will there be big money in NFTs? Yes. Do I think it's stupid? Also yes. Do I think it's stupid not to spend several dozen hours learning more about NFTs if that's something you're interested in? The answer is you should you should learn about NFTs. Just like 20 years ago, I don't know how old Facebook is, but 20 years ago, everyone thought Facebook was stupid and that it was just a thing for college kids. But the people who educated themselves on the subject matter learned or figured out that social media was going to be really big. NFTs are probably going to be really big. But just like the dot-com bubble, NFTs are going to go through a crash. Right now, it's just pure speculation on everything. It's, it's new. Everyone's still figuring things out. So it's completely arbitrary. Do I think you should invest in NFTs right now? In my personal opinion, no. I think you, the market needs to mature a little bit before you invest in the market because currently it is gambling in the market. But while it's still young, you need to learn more about it so that way once it matures, you are ready to dive in while everyone else is being like, huh, maybe there is something to this NFT thingamajigger. And that's kind of the same thing with crypto. Crypto is getting close to the maturity. It's still on the young side as well. But it's getting close enough to maturity that a lot of the bigger players are beginning to take notice of it and its potential impact for profit and for the just the market in whole. So now let's shift to crypto. But first, basically my advice for NFTs is learn more about NFTs if you're interested in that kind of investing. Uh, I'm not really interested in digital stuff that much but if it's an interest of yours learn it so that way once the market starts to get closer to maturity you're an expert in the field and you can profit from it but wait until the bubble of the speculation bubble pops so that's my advice for nfts now let's switch to cryptocurrency real quick so cryptocurrency as a whole is a whole big, long, in-depth conversation. And I am also not a crypto expert. But here's some cool facts about crypto technologies. First, it is a way to hedge against domestic inflation. So what I mean by domestic inflation is like, say, let's for instance, in America, where you're having some pretty hefty inflationary problems. The problem with American having inflation problems is it affects the whole world. So when the whole world has inflationary problems, then it, it doesn't work too well. But when you're a smaller country, like, I don't know, let's say Russia's ruble had a massive collapse recently. I know there's other countries that have massive inflationary problems, but this is the first one that came to mind. So Russia's ruble collapsed for reasons. Eh. 
And essentially, when a monetary system collapses, that is heavy-duty inflation, like heavy-duty inflation. When you have domestic inflation, you can purchase into the pool of crypto because it is not tied to your monetary system. So even though your money is exploding out the wazoo, you can gain a little bit of stability through crypto investments. And there's lots of countries who actually do this, um, citizens in countries who actually do this, because their monetary system is so inflationatory, inflationatory. As soon as they get paid, they transfer it into crypto. And then as soon as they're spending money, they'll sell a bit of the crypto um, and use them and turn it back into their money so that way they can then spend it. So that's one cool thing about crypto. Another cool thing is it is a way of wirelessly transporting electricity. So what I mean by that is if a region has a really good way of producing power for super cheap, like let's say for instance, a waterfall, um, then they can, they can produce the power needed to run the computers that host the crypto servers. And you can generate money from doing that service. Now, before you had to be somewhere where the power generation had to be somewhere close by to where the power could be used. But with crypto, it can be generated right there, used right there to produce money right there. And it doesn't have to be anywhere near like a city or anything. That's just something cool, I thought. So let's actually kind of explain more what crypto is and how decentralized blockchain works. So crypto is just digital money. And just like the dollar is more reliable than I'll just the, the ruble, or I think the Germans money is the mark, or the, there's the pound, just like the pound and the dollar, super reliable forms of currency. The Venezuelan, whatever Venezuela has, is not that reliable. So just like there's different currencies, there's different cryptocurrencies. And most of them are absolute trash, and you should completely ignore them. We'll come back to that in a second. In fact, most of them are cons. Um, so there's, it's just digital money. And yes, it is all made up, but so is every form of money especially nowadays where every single money in the world is tied to the U.S. dollar, and the U.S. dollar isn't tied to anything. If you want to know more about that subject, go re-listen to the book review I did on the financial matrix exposed. Basically, all the money is super fake. But, so, all crypto money is super fake. Real money is super fake. It's all the perceived value we give it. However, the pro that crypto has over traditional money is that it is decentralized, meaning that no government agency or bank controls it all. So if you're a crazy anti-government person like me, that's a great plus because they can't touch it. In fact, it really pisses them off that they can't touch it. So it has that pro. Um, and how it works is it's um, decentralized blockchain. What it that phrase means is that individuals with computers, like I have a computer, you probably have a computer, individuals with computers run their computers to basically support the all of the transactions and data that comes through that crypto, and by supporting it, they get paid a small amount. 
This is what crypto mining is. They are basically supplying the computer power to host, just like the internet, there's big computers all over the world hosting the internet. Um, they host the blockchain so that way when you transfer money or or cryptos, um, that gets recorded so that way the transfer actually happens. And by providing the service, they get paid. Now back to the almost all cryptos are trash. The most prime example of it that came into the public square is Dogecoin. Dogecoin is literally a meme. It's a meme that they made into a coin and there's no limit to how many of Dogecoins can be created and there's no backing whatsoever behind it. So it's, it's, it's just a meme coin and lots of people lost money in Dogecoin because they were stupid. One of my friends actually made 200 bucks off of it, but that's because he bought it just as the hype train started and I yelled at him to get out, and so he sold just before it crashed back down to being wor completely worthless again. So he made a couple hundred bucks from it because he didn't put any serious money into it. But most coins are trash. And unless you're going to, just like stocks, which we'll talk about next week, unless you're going to spend a lot of time researching a coin, you shouldn't put any money into it, with the exception of two. And those two are Bitcoin and Ethereum. And the really easy shorthand to consider for those two is Bitcoin is essentially digital gold. That's what it's designed to be. Um, it's one of the oldest coins, so it's well known. It's got the largest percentage of the market, which means it's a little more stable. It can't be messed with by the creator. It has a finite amount. Once that amount is done, it's done. So by cr making something finite, it being finite gives it a little bit of inherent value, but it's essentially digital gold. Ethereum is really similar to Bitcoin. It is, in truth, a superior coin to Bitcoin, but there's the law of the first, which we talked about in the 20-something um, rules of marketing. Go check out that book review. Um, the law of the first means you get, because it was first, it gets the biggest share. Ethereum is a better coin, but it has a much smaller percentage of the market, which means it's more fluctuatable. And it's not supposed to be gold. Like, that's not its design purpose. It is supposed to be for smart contracts. So eventually, instead of me signing a contract with you saying, um, we'll do it in X amount of US dollars, even though you live in Europe and you don't use the dollar, eventually it'll be something like, I'll sign a contract with you and you get paid or I get paid in Ethereum. At least that's my basic understanding of it. Again, it is a young field. I don't know that much about it because, I, like I said, I'm not really too interested in the digital forms of investing. I like tangible stuff like land, which we'll talk about real estate several weeks down the line from now. But I have a lot invested in Ethereum and I have a lot invested in Bitcoin. Those are the only two coins that you should even consider investing in unless you are an expert in the subject. And just like any other form of investment, you buy it and you hold on to it. You don't sell it, especially not when it crashes. That's how you lose money is when you sell when it crashes because it's probably going to go back up. So you buy it and you hold on to it for a really long time. The main purpose of it, in my 
personal investments portfolio is because we're doing inflationary stupidity, so I wanted a hedge against inflation. That was liquid. The con of real estate is while, yes, it's a good inflationary hedge, it's not very liquid. Cryptos, another pro, is you don't have to sell your assets to, you can borrow against them, so I don't have to pay taxes on it when I sell it. I only, well, you only have to pay taxes on property, which crypto is counted as property, when you sell it. But if you borrow against it, you gain access to that capital without having to sell it. And yes, I know I just did a big episode of not going into debt. This is slightly different. And as you examine finances a little bit more, you'll learn the subtle nuances of like this, because yes, it is debt, but I can borrow a thousand bucks to fund in an emergency or for a project and then pay it back real quick without having to actually sell the asset. And that's another pro of cryptos over traditional fiat currencies is that I don't have to go through a bank to do this. They just look at my, essentially my net worth of crypt of that particular crypto. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you, uh, this amount of cash for putting your crypto up as collateral and we'll charge you i believe last i checked um was eight percent that's better than a credit card should you do it recklessly absolutely not debt is a two-edged sword but that's another pro that having crypto assets i've benefited from because i'm able to finance a deal real quick and then because I have the deal is there, but I don't have the capital this month. It's the next month I'll have the capital. So I finance the deal by borrowing against my assets and then pay the assets back off so I can eliminate the risk of the debt and the downside of interest. So that's pretty much it for my knowledge on crypto and NFTs. I'm not an expert on this subject, but it is a important enough of a subject that I figured we should talk about it. So with that, I will end today's episode and I will see you all next week.